I requested the stool and a nice padded stool just in case, but I'm gonna go try going without it for now. So um, it's so good to be back. I missed my Catalyst family. We were, I was actually out of uh, service for a whole, the whole month of December. And um, we had back injury and our family got COVID and, but it is so good to be back. Thank you all for your, your support your prayers in many different ways. I really appreciate uh, Pastor Ross and, and Kyle and the staff and many of you who stepped up and filled in in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so, um, but man, and then I, I have to thank my wife, Dale, my family. They provided really good care for me. For a significant amount of time, I was like just laid up on the couch 20, pretty much 24 seven, could hardly walk to even go to the bathroom, but they, they provide lunch. So thanks to Dale, my family, and all, all of you. So um, it's good to be back. So thanks so much. Uh, today I'm gonna give uh, the message, uh, generally at the beginning of the year, I give a message on um, what to expect, what the vision is for our church for 2023. And um, our staff spent several months at the end of last year praying and discerning and discussing what we sense the Lord wants for our church, and something rose up above everything else very clearly, uh, slam dunk, it was, it was this, and it was discipleship. It was discipleship to strengthen our faith in the Lord, especially in light of the times we live in, strengthen our faith, uh, and that often comes through life on life. And so I'm gonna talk about that today, and really at the core of discipleship, the very heart of discipleship is becoming like Jesus. That's what it's all about, becoming like Jesus. I'm gonna start with a verse here, Genesis chapter one, verse 27, famous verse, I'm sure you've heard of it before. It says this, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. You were made in the image of God. You were made in the image of God. Animals were not created in the image of God. All the, out of all the created things, animals, right, um, angels, um, even the higher spiritual beings, like rules, authorities, thrones, none of them. You and you alone created in the image of God. Created in the image of God. You were created to reflect, to carry the very nature, the divine nature of God. Look at this verse. 2 Peter 1, 4, and because of his glory, God's glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Did you catch that? Share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. You were created, you were made to reflect and share God's very nature. You were created to reflect the very image of God. When Adam and Eve were created, 
the angels looked at God and looked at Adam and Eve, and they were stunned. They were like, what the heck? I look at these creatures, and I see God. That's what you were made for. No less than that. And that's what really being a disciple is all about. Being a disciple is about growing to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's the goal of the Christian life. To become like Jesus so the image of God is restored to us. You know, when I thought about this whole thing about God's glory, God's majesty, God's splendor. I was, I was praying about that, asking the Lord about it. And he brought a very interesting word to my mind. As I was thinking about God's glory, he brought the word beauty. Beauty. You know, I don't think we associate the, the word or the concept or the idea of beauty with God that often. You know, we sing songs, right? Beautiful, you beautiful Jesus, you're beautiful. And God is incredibly beautiful. His glory is beautiful. You know, I thought about like that, like what, what have I seen that's beautiful? And husbands, you know, the correct answer is, <laughs> right, your wife, your spouse, that's the beautiful number one, that's what you were drawn to her. But I was thinking about other experiences that I've had. I remember, this was a long time ago, I was, um, for some reason, I was in the Berkeley area, kind of near UC Berkeley, and uh, behind the campus of UC Berkeley, there's the Lawrence Hall of Science. It's on the hills, the Berkeley Hills. And I remember I went up with a friend, that's right, we w I went up with a friend, and we went up there around sunset. And man, when sunset came, it was awesome. It was the colors. It was like blue, purple, yellow, red, orange, the clouds. And you could see from, from that, the hills, you could see all of the San Francisco Bay Area, even off of this, the Golden Gate Bridge. And, and I actually went online and I found a picture. And it was even better than this. And you know, there's certain things in nature, like, like this sunset, where it is like, brings tears to your eyes. It's, it's like awe-inspiring, like, like speechless. That's how I felt when we went up there. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I, it took my breath away because it was, it was just awesomely beautiful. And you know, that's, that's just a little glimpse of the, the beauty of the glory of God. When we, when we see God face to face, it's going to take our breath away. We are going to be stunned in awe, tears our eyes. You were made to reflect the beauty 
God. You were created in his very image. You were made to be beautiful. Now, I want you to say this. We're going to do something, little lab, mini lab time. I want you to say, on the count of three, I am beautiful. Okay? One, two, three. I am beautiful. Okay, now, now, now I, 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 I can see all your faces. I can see some of your lips like, like barely moving, right? But this is, this is the truth. This is the biblical God's truth about who he intended you to be. So let's try it again. One, two, three. I am beautiful, right? It's like when I say, thank you, Jesus. It should be like, I am beautiful. Because that is the truth of who you are made to be. Now, sadly, right? Sadly, tragically, in Genesis chapter 3, we know Adam and Eve sinned, and the beauty, the, the image of God that they were meant to reflect was stained. It was, it was tainted. It was vandalized by sin. Okay, boys and girls, I want you, this is a, this is a art lesson, so I want you to look at this picture here. Who know what is this? Who is this a painting? What is this name of this painting? You know? See a hand way back there? Yeah! Is that Karis Kohana? Yeah, Karis. That's the Mona Lisa. You know, Mona Lisa was painted by Leonardo da Vinci around the early 1500s. So it's over 500 years old. And it's probably one of the greatest masterpieces of all times because of the, the different techniques, innovations of how he painted it, the skill in which he painted it, and kind of the mystery surrounding this painting about who this person was. And then, you know, she kind of has this cryptic smile. What's that all about? But, you know, in um, 1962, an insurance company valued, uh, put the valuation on the, the Mona Lisa. And at that time, 1962, they valued the Mona Lisa at $100 million. So with inflation, they, people have estimated it today to be worth close to $1 billion. And some people even think that's low. Some, this one guy estimated the cost because it's priced. He said he thinks it's worth $500 billion. I mean, no, 50, $50 billion. $50 billion. Now, this masterpiece, one of a kind, it's, it's hanging in the Louvre in France. What if some vandals broke into the Louvre and they cut it all up and they painted a mustache on the Mona Lisa? That would be a tragedy. Because it's a one of a kind masterpiece work of art greater tragedy than that is how sin has vandalized 
the image of God that we were meant to reflect. Sin has tainted, stained, vandalized, marred the image of God. So that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to rescue us. Jesus came to restore us as his special partner. You know why God created us in his image? Because he wanted the perfect partner for his son. We are the bride of Christ, and he didn't want anything less than the best for his son. So he goes, I'm going to create the perfect partner for my son. I'm going to create my partner, and he's going to reflect my beauty and my image, and he's going to be the perfect companion for my son. But sin marred, tainted, vandalized that image. And Jesus came to rescue and restore his future bride. He came to restore the original beauty and the glory and the image of God that God intended for us. And this points to the goal of Christianity. The goal of Christianity is this, growing to be like Christ so that the image of God will be fully restored in us. That's the goal of Christianity. That's what being a disciple is all about. So living on earth in this life, God's whole purpose is to restore the image of God in us, that we might reflect his beauty. That's the whole purpose, everything in life. He uses everything that happens in our life. He, he works and moves it for our good so that the image of God will be reflected in us once again so that we would be like Christ. That's the whole purpose of the Christian life, for you and I to be like Christ prepared as the bride, restored to our original beauty. Look at this, Galatians 4.19. My little children, Paul talking to the Galatians, for whom I am again in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That's your goal as a Christian. That's your desire. That's your heart. That's your purpose as a Christian, to be like Jesus. That's it. That's it. If that happens, everything is good. Everything will be restored. Now, God through Christ has already supplied everything we need to be like Jesus. He's already done it all. Look at this. He's completely forgiven you by the blood of Jesus. Completely. All of your sins already dealt with. All of your sins, past, present, future, already forgiven. It's a non-issue anymore. He's already dealt with it. Our sin nature killed. The old man, the sin nature, that part of us that we inherited from Adam and Eve that compels us to sin, dead, crucified on the cross. He made us alive with Christ. He's given us his very spirit to live in us. He's given us the mind of Christ. I know some of you, when you look at your neighbor, you don't think you can't see the mind of Christ. 
Some of us don't operate a lot of times from the mind of Christ. I don't know whose mind you're working out of, but it's not the mind of Christ. But do you know what the Bible says? You know what the truth is? He says, you have the mind of Christ. It's available to you. His brain, his thoughts, his insights. And you have been given the heart of Christ. So, so we've been given everything we need already. He's done it all. He supplied it all. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has granted to us all things, all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his glory and excellence. He says, through God's grace, he's given you everything you need to reflect the image of God. There's one thing that he can't give us. There's one thing that God asks of us. Just one. It's choice. It's our willingness to let him do what he intended to do in us. Because God will never violate your free will. God has already ordained. You have free will. And the reason why he will not violate free will is because he cannot have a loving relationship with you and I without us having the choice to choose to love him. There cannot be any love if someone is forced or coerced or made or controlled. And so that's the one thing that God cannot supply. That's the one thing he puts himself in our hands. He says, you have to choose. You need to be willing to submit your will to what I desire to do in your life. And that's to give you my glory to share. For you to be the new humanity in the likeness of Jesus. That's my heart for you. That's my, For you to be the perfect partner for my son. That's my desire for you. For you to reflect my glory to all creation and all created beings. That's my desire for you. But I cannot force you to do that. You must choose it yourself. That's how awesome and amazing God is. He subjects himself to our choices. Because he loves us that much. And he will settle for nothing less than pure love on our part back to him. So you have the choice. He's giving you everything you need, but you have the choice. I have the choice. But you know what? The choice is kind of like this. 
Let's say in your driveway, you have a 2005 Chevy Impala with 210,000 miles. And that's your car. And it's all beat up, banged up, paint chipping and all that. But that's your car. That's been your car. That's been your, you know, for many, many years. But God gives you a brand new, top-of-the-line Tesla. And they're sitting side by side in your driveway. You walk out, and you have a choice. What car are you going to drive? Many times, we choose the 2005 Impala. That's our flesh. We choose that for a variety of reasons. When God has given us 2,023 fully loaded, top of the line Tesla sitting in your driveway. This year, 2023, the focus of our church it's going to be on discipleship. And what that means is this. Partnering with God so that Christ is formed in us. So that the beauty and the glory of what God intended for you is restored. That's what we're going to shoot for. Now, to grow as a disciple, a follower of Jesus, to grow in Christ's likeness in the glory of God in 2023, I've come up with the ABCs, all right? The ABCs of doing this. So these are some practical things. We're going to focus on these things throughout the whole year and maybe probably beyond. But the first A, first A, accountability. You know, we don't like that word. We don't want that accountability because it sounds like someone's trying to control me. You're not the boss of me, Right? We, we don't like that idea of accountability. But you know what I, I realized? Everything in life that's worth something, we, we need accountability. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about school. You're a teacher. School and teachers, you know what, that's account, what that is? Accountability. Tests, you know what that is? Accountability. How many of you would have studied on your own math. For, okay, Matt, my son Matt, yes, he, he probably would have studied math on his own, right? Okay, this, how about English? How about history? We need, okay, Christian history, all right? But we needed school to hold us accountable to be the best we can be. How many personal trainers? Why do people have personal trainers? Why do athletes have personal trainers? It's someone to hold them to do the things they need to do so they could be the best they could be. Overcoming addictions, taking care of our teeth, right? That's why we got like Mike Namba as a dentist, right? I got to go to the dentist. And he goes, you got cavities. You got 
junk all over you, plaque all over your teeth, right? It, that holds us accountable to brush our teeth, take care of our teeth every day, right? We have so many, losing weight, right? Exercise, we have so many things we need to be held accountable for so it helps us to be the best we can be. Do you think that's any less in the spiritual life? Trying to be all that God created us to be, fighting against the world, against the Satan and demonic spirits, against our own flesh. We need spiritual partners. And when I say partners, it's someone who loves us enough to say, I'm going to help you, get on you, encourage you, so that you can be like Jesus. Because that's God's vision and goal for you. We need those people in our life. If you do not have a spiritual partner, a partner who spiritually is committed to you being all you're created and called to be, you will not achieve it. We cannot do it on our own. So we need accountability. That's A. B, what's B? Yeah, Bible. Come on, come on, Jerry. Let's hear it with a little more enthusiasm. Uh, uh, Bible, you know? It's the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me, right? There's so many different narratives out there in society, on social media, in the news. Need to be grounded in God's word. You know, there was a study done. Their staff is going through this book called Empower. There, there was a study done by the Center of Bible Engagement. And they pulled over 40,000 people from the age of 8 to 80 about different spiritual habits that they have. Very interesting. They found that those who engage in Bible reading or Bible engagement once a week, and that includes if you come to service and, um, you know, we have you look at the, the Bible. Those who engage on the average of Bible reading once a week, they found it virtually has zero impact on that person's life. Twice a week, zero impact. Three times a week, you're engaging in the Bible. Three times a week, they found a slight, very slight impact. But what's interesting is they found people who engage in the Bible at least four times a week, they found a huge jump in their life and the impact of their life and the effect on their lives. In fact, and these are some of the statistics associated with people that engage in the Bible at least four times a week. Feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drop 32%. Bitterness in relationship dropped 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57%. Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. Sharing your faith jumped 200%. And discipling others jumped 230%. If the medical community found something that did this for people, it would be considered a breakthrough wonder drug. Four times a week four times a week in the word. 
You know, Kyle and Damon, they've been working and they've developed for this year a catalyst read through the Bible program. And so we're going to launch it in two weeks. I want and we want everyone in our church to do this because this is the impact it has on our lives because there's power in the Bible. There is spiritual power in the word of God. Some of you are dealing with things and issues that if you read your Bible regularly, it would help immensely with whatever you're going through right now. And so we're going to launch this in two weeks. That's the B. C, connect with God. I've talked about this a lot. Learn to hear and recognize God's voice. Last year, I kind of put out there this 30-day challenge, right? 30, for 30 days straight, just simply take five minutes out of your day each day for 30 days and ask God this question. God, how do you see me? Will you show me how you see me? Or what do you think about me? Or how do you feel about me? Right? I put that challenge out there, and then about a, several months later, I asked, is anyone doing that challenge? Crickets, right? <laughs> Crickets. Then after that, I said, I put out the challenge, and after that, I heard of a few people who, tr who were trying it. A few people, I know some of you who've tried it, and, and it was hard. People were saying, it's, it's hard, it's hard. But those that engaged in that, I think they started in small ways recognizing God's voice affirming we're going to do it again this year we're going to do this 30 day challenge of because hearing God's voice that is so vital in your spiritual life it's one thing to hear a message to read the Bible but it's another thing when you hear God himself say to you I love you, and I will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. When you hear God speak that to you, life-changing. And so, and we're going to add more tools, more things that help you with the 30 days. We're going to do this this year. So it's connect. So A, accountability. B, Bible. C, connect with God. Another C is community. Community. You know, as I was getting over my back injury, and, you know, I, I, basically I was laid up for a whole month. But as, as I was getting better, as I was starting to get better last week, I started getting more mobility. I thought, you know what? I feel spiritually dull. I kind of feel spiritually dull. And I thought, well, the first thing is because when I was laid up, I was, like, bored, so I'd be binge-watching on TV, you know. And I downloaded this game for my phone, big mistake, you know, I just was wasting time on my phone, and then, you know, so I felt like the Lord said, you know, you have to feed your spirit, stop feeding your flesh, and then so he said, delete the, the game, he told me to delete the game, I was like, you know, because you build up all of these things, it's like, uh, and it took me a few days, and then what, what, what I found is like, when you have that moment of inspiration, just do it then without thinking, so, okay, delete, so it's gone. And I don't even think about it, right? So I thought, okay, that's, maybe that's why I was feeling dull, but I was actually talking to the Lord about it. And then the Lord said to me, one of the things why I was spiritually low, he, he said this to me, you know why? 
people. People. You miss fellowshipping with people. And when I say people, I don't mean just people, you know, not necessarily like at work that, that could be or different places or, you know, a party or whatever. It's fellowship. And what I mean by that, it's spending time with other believers where you, just by being around them, just by talking with them, just by spending time, you sense the presence of the Spirit of God stirs. You sense their love for you and your love for them. There is something significantly qualitatively different about fellowshipping with the body of Christ. And I go, I, I miss that. I miss going to Cafe Fuego and, and our worship time together. I miss coming to Sunday morning and just sensing, you know, just the presence of God and us worshiping together. Uh, connecting with other people. You know, you could do that playing pickleball, come to, that's why Hebrew says, do not neglect the gathering together with other believers. Don't neglect it. Could be tea huddle, could be small group. If you're not in a small group, you need to be in a small group with other believers. Okay, so connect. And then the last one is shine. Close it, shine. So it's A, B, C, C, S. A, B, C's, okay? It's shine. It's letting Jesus, the image of Jesus, shine through us. You know, I, I've been talking last year, I talked about how much impact the, the series The Chosen has had on me, right? I know some of you small groups are going through The Chosen. The reason why, for me, The Chosen is so impactful, it's because through that show, the medium of the show and, and watching it, I feel like it's the spirit of the living Christ, the actual spirit of Jesus that I'm encountering when I watch the show. And it's been hugely impactful. And you know why that's been so important for me? That's been so life impacting? It's because when I see Jesus and the way they portray Jesus on the show, my spirit says, yes, yes, that is how Jesus would be. And my eyes are being opened to the beauty of Jesus. You know, um, through this, the, the, my being hurt, and then through our, our family going COVID, my son Matt, you know, he, it, it, he, he, it was really hard for him, I think, to not connect with people during that time. Um, but then he started watching The Chosen. First time he started watching The Chosen. And so I, I wanted to come, he's going to share his ex experience of watching The Chosen. So. All right. I haven't been up here in a long time, but just got to do teacher mode right now. Um, yeah, so just giving you guys, like, backstory. Um, my family and I, we got, like, COVID, like, probably, like, leading up to, like, Christmas pretty much. And this is, like, our second year in a row where that's kind of happened. So, um, yeah, so, like, I'm um, 
I'm a pretty extroverted person. Like I get my energy from meeting people and whatnot. And you know, like I don't have too much downtime to myself, but if you've had COVID and you've quarantined, you know very well how much loan or downtime you have and like a lot of self-reflection that you go through. So um, yeah, you know, I was just like trying to just do what I can like during my downtime, just play literally just a bunch of video games and like, you know, do other things to kind of distract myself because I can't hang out with my friends or spend time with them like during you know, holidays and whatnot. But um, yeah, like during that quarantine time, this which was literally like a week or two ago, you know, you start to, for me, you start to get into a really like, you know, sad, depressed, like, you know, kind of like for me, since I don't reflect like super a lot, like it started to point at like things in my life that I'm not like satisfied with and because I teach and I tutor like for many hours during the week, I don't have time to think about that stuff. But like, I would say ever since COVID started in 2019 and with all the reflection and stuff, I think my spiritual life has been suffering a lot. And I feel like this past quarantine, because I was trying to distract myself with video games and stuff, I started just getting like, you know, like a sense of like worthlessness. And then it started to point to like, what are, you, what are you doing, Matt, about your spiritual life? At the end of the day, I think that's what it was kind of, like, chiseling at. So then, like, I just remember, like, this was probably, like, December 29 or December 30. It was, like, the eight-day, like, quarantine mark or whatnot. And I just physically, I just hit, like, just a supreme low. Like, you can ask my mom, too. I was literally just sitting at my desk and curled up in a ball, and I just would not want to move because I was sad. I was depressed about my life, but more importantly, I was sad about and depressed about my spiritual life that I've been having with God since COVID started in 2020, pretty much. Kind of all culminated to that. So just kind of curled up in a ball and like, you know, I was like, I don't want to move. I just want to sit here and just kind of mope in my sadness or whatever. Woke up later that night, probably like 12, and I was like, you know what, I know I'm not contagious right now. I just need to go to Raising Cane's. I just need to get a, I just need to get a bite to eat. I didn't eat anything that day because I was sad. I was just like, I'm just gonna go to Raising Cane's right now. It opens all the way to 2 a.m. So if you want a late night snack, <laughs> Raising Cane's. But I remember on Christmas day, my mom was like, you know, let's all watch The Chosen. And I was just kind of like, I don't wanna watch that, like, I just wanna do my thing. But then she was like, no, no, let's all watch it. So then we are watching it. And then when I was watching it, I was realizing like, when you see Jesus in that film, you like, you honestly feel like he's so humanized to the point where you're like, that could be what he looks like. That could be what he says, like when he's speaking to you and all that stuff. So I remember that when we watched on Christmas. So when I was eating my Raising Cane's, I was literally eating Raising Cane's in my car when I drove in my garage because I was like, I don't want to disturb anyone and whatnot. I decided I'm gonna watch the first episode of Chosen in season one. And um, man, like just when Jesus like calls people's name, like it's like you honestly just like it's not even like the most miraculous thing, but like when he calls your name, 
and it feels like he is talking to you. Like, for example, if I was in the film and he would he'd be like, Matthew, and then you're just kind of like, and he's just like, Matthew, son of Barry. And when he says that to those individuals, like the disciples and stuff, like, you just honestly feel like he knows me and he's there for me. And, you know, there's another one where the disciple, Simon, he does that parable with the fish and Jesus says, like, cast the net out and then all the fish go into it. And then literally Simon's on the floor and he's saying, I'm so worthless. If you know the things that I have done, Allah, like myself, over the past three years during this COVID experience, why would you kind of want me? And he's just basically telling Simon, I don't care. Are you going to follow me? Knowing everything that we've been going through, everything I've been going through for these past three years, and, you know, not proud of the decisions I've made in these past three years, but he's just like, are you going to follow me? regardless of whatever you've been doing. And all the disciples are saying yes to him. And for me, it's just like, why can't I do that as well? So if you haven't seen The Chosen, I highly recommend you watch it because it, it for me, it was an encounter with God. And ever since then, I just remind myself of just those two simple words, are you going to follow me? And just saying that yes to that, has been very instrumental in terms of me bouncing back from my spiritual life in just these past week or two by just reminding myself of Jesus telling me to follow me and saying yes to that. Jesus is a super cool guy. And, and for like, Matt, for me, watching The Chosen reminds me, I, I want to be with him. He's so awesome. I, I want to be like him. He's so amazing. Because Jesus is beautiful. And always. And so this year, we're going to become and reflect more of Jesus' beauty, more of God, more of who he calls us to be. And we're going to be going through the ABCs to do that. Let's have a word of prayer. Worship you with God. Lord, I just thank you for being so generous and gracious that you want to share with us your glory, your majesty, your divine nature, your goodness, your love, your beauty, God. Thank you, Lord, that you created us in your very image. 
to be the perfect partner for your son. To be just a part and a member, an equal member in a sense of your family, God, because of who you made us to be. And so, Lord, I, I want to pray as we take communion today and remember all that you've done. Holy Spirit, I pray as we do, you would set in us a longing, a desire, a hunger, a commitment, a resolve, God, to let partner with you, to lay down our will and let you restore to us your very image and likeness. So thank you, God. Holy Spirit, would you reveal the heart of the Father, the glory of the Father, as we come before you in communion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right now we're going to sing. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It would be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.